It's another episode, kind of, of the Out of the Box Podcast. This is episode 45, a part of the craziest two-week stretch of our lives. It's like the bridge of our lives, but in calendar form. Gray Robertson and Tom Canterbury. That's a deep cut that, honestly, only Tom and I right. might get. But that's okay. How are you, Tom? I'm good. We're this podcast of inside jokes is what we do. Whatever's good for you, Tom. Right, yes. Yeah, oh. thank you. Oh, I oh, see what you did. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Show me your driver's license. All right. <laughs> this is a shorter episode. We've got two segments, so we're calling it the slap and run. We're going to slap, and then we're going to run. Okay. Bing, bang, bong. So why are we doing this kind of episode? Well, we recap the weekend on our first edition of Out of the Box Going Home after the Crimson Classic. And Tom, it's actually still growing more listeners by the day, which is exciting. It's on the Out of the Box Twitter. Go check it out. But it was my first foray in Twitter spaces, mm-hmm. and I had a really good time, actually. I did, too. It was a lot of fun. And so if you, if you want a full-length Out of the Box podcast, just listen to them both back-to-back. And yeah. you get about that, because the Twitter space is like almost 50 minutes long. I didn't realize we talked for that long. Which is how I feel normally right. when we yes. record this. And then I look I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to edit three hours of content <laughs> down to a listenable amount. But seriously, it was also much easier than I thought. So if you're trying to hop on Twitter spaces, don't freak out. It's It was much simpler than I anticipated. If you're listening and you want to interact with us, all you have to do is request and, and yep. we can bring you on, uh, unmute you and we can talk to you. It's like, it's very reminiscent of a sports talk call-in radio show right so it was it was a lot of fun i agree and i'm looking forward to doing it again yeah we will after the florida state game before that we've got our first on the road show at uncle earl's bar in baton rouge date and time tbd we're still waiting on an itinerary for this weekend so that we know what days we can actually you know go and do things my guess is it's probably going to be saturday early afternoon but that who knows? Who knows? So stay tuned on that. Also, Uncle Earl's not the easiest thing to say. I'm gonna have to. You have Uncle to, Earl. You have to enunciate. So <laughs> luckily, that's part of our job. Right. So. <laughs> not always good at the talking. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> We're going to Uncle your bar in Baton Rouge. Wait, <laughs> most people talk when they go to the bar. I guess. <laughs> oh yeah, let's try not to do that this weekend. <laughs> Wait a couple days later, if you know what I mean, Tom. Here is our play. Not right. really a trip around the bases. We're just going to try and execute as best we can. The, the signal from Murph in the third base coaching box. Yes, whatever it is. I've yes. already forgotten that. I don't know. Nope, can't tell you. We will start with the slap. We're going to look a little bit at the Crimson Classic. Any other final thoughts we have? Talk about this weekend. Conference play is starting, which is nuts. Yeah. Unbelievable. We're already here. Well, how the heck? But <laughs> we were just in Tucson. I know. That's a, it's amazing. It seems like the, the season takes forever to get here. And then once it gets started, it just goes. We'll talk about things we could see this weekend change-wise for Alabama. We will discuss the pitching possibilities galore Mm. because we think we know what will happen, but who really knows? Who knows? So we'll find out. We'll we'll discuss that here as part of the slap. Then we will look at the SEC and go over our five big things. We're not covering all the teams, just the five big things that we want to touch on because frankly some of the team's not worthy of being covered no it was a boring week they're really like i don't need to talk about missouri they they beat a bunch of bad teams badly that's what you're supposed to do well done props to you Mm -hmm. after that we begin the run so we put it in play now we're heading to first hoping Mm -hmm. that the defense messes up because tom and i are not quick no not green light guys no 
barely flashing yellow. <laughs> we will react to the first RPI of the year, which came out earlier today as we record. Then we will look at big games nationally in week five and also a couple of big SEC non-conference games. Not everybody is in conference play here this week. We've also got FGCL player of the week and picks. Oh, we're back. Mm. I don't know who won last year. You were firmly ahead in the regular season. And then I like wiped the floor with you at the SEC tournament. And then we kind of stopped. Right. So I'm giving you the regular season trophy. Okay. And me the postseason trophy. And now, and now here we go. We're off and running in 2022. All right. Sounds good. So our first picks of the year. And also we'll have off the wall because people. Unfortunately, repeat offenders are back again. It's just, Mm. I don't understand. I really don't. But okay, we'll get to it. If you're a repeat (laughs) offender, you're not getting tickets from Emily P. Tech. There's that. (laughs) That's all we, that's all we can do. That's the only power we (laughs) (laughs) We are like the bouncers to the back door of the party at Rose. Okay. We'll start with the slap. Tom, any brief thoughts, any other touch-ups you want to make about our conversation regarding the Crimson Classic? I mean, Alabama goes undefeated. It was difficult. It was gritty. The last game, not so much. I mean, I feel like we covered a lot of it in the space. Really did. I wanted to once again, you know, credit the fans for creating another super regional type atmosphere, uh, especially on Friday night against Texas. Very intense games, especially being played, you know, at the beginning of March. It was it was high, high intensity, and Alabama, I think, rose to the occasion. And also, we did not mention, I don't think we mentioned the fact that uh, Kaylee Tao, just on base all the time. Like, her and Dallas Goodnight are neck and neck on the on-base streaks right now. It's crazy. And Kaylee Tao only had one hit this weekend, but it right. just shows how this offense finds ways with walks and putting it in play and reaching on an error. I mean, yeah. so many different ways you can get aboard in this offense – Again, you didn't have to use the power too much this past weekend. Just found ways to manufacture. My biggest positive takeaway is that we now know for sure that it doesn't matter the opponent. Alabama can win in a variety of ways. And that skill will be very handy when we get to the postseason. Alabama, to me, is answering a lot of the questions I might have had at this point in the year. And which is why you can't just look at box scores and say Alabama's offense is not performing up to a standard if they only have four or five hits, right? You know, it's it's all about getting the hits when you need them, finding ways to manufacture and produce. Because when you, like you say, when you get into the postseason and you're facing that elite pitching, there's going to be few games where your offenses are just going to be going crazy. It's yeah. real hard to score five runs right. on an elite pitcher. Absolutely. I mean, that's why a game like you know Alabama's in 2019 against Florida and and Kelly Barnhill doesn't happen very often. Right. That's why we still talk about it because it's it's so rare. More often than not, it's the second game that happened where Alabama won 2 nothing against Arizona. Right, on those like the, one hit. Right. Yeah. Those are the games that are much more common in postseason play uh, than those blowouts. All right, Crimson Classic. If you want to hear more, check out the space. Yes, on the Twitter, at OutOfTheBox underscore pod. There you go. How many times did you drop that on the radio this weekend solo? Oh, at least, at least 10 times a game. Okay, there you <laughs> go. So we're not doing another podcast until next thursday like another full full relegated edition of the podcast we've got the on the road show that, so that, and that podcast will be mostly food so yeah right we're gonna be like here's what's happening in the sec and food. burgers <laughs> right yes exactly <laughs> nate what are you drinking and possibly a steak it's yes. gonna be exactly right, right. <laughs> but our next like full-on podcast will be late next week so between now and then we've got a three-game series at lsu like the ultimate sirens pull out the highlighter trap game 
at Southern Miss on Tuesday at four o'clock. Be awake. But that one thing that is positive about that is that you kind of look at where there have been some spots where Alabama has played games like that already this year, get big wins over like the big wins over Virginia Tech mm-hmm. and didn't lose to Middle Tennessee the next, the next game. Right. So ho- hopefully Alabama has shown that they can take care of that type of business before and we'll do do so again against uh, Southern Miss. Yeah, and I think it does help that Southern Miss beat Florida in a lot of ways, but also it's a clue yeah. that, hey, right. you can't take this team lightly because look at what they did in Gainesville this past week. Right, exactly. And so then the next day mm-hmm. on the SEC network, I'm going to just, I'm going to spoil it. Like we've got a big old TV crew coming to Tuscaloosa. Right. None of that remote stuff. They are here. And they're coming to eat dips after the game, <laughs> after the Twitter space, or maybe during the Twitter space. Who sure. knows? Yeah. Alabama, Florida State, Ooh. Wednesday, March 16th at 6 p.m. Central Time. Just the impact of this game. I don't want to hype it up too much because we have games to play until then and rankings can change. But this has the potential to be the most important standalone game in the non conference regular season in the history of Rhodes. I mean, it's in the conversation for sure. And, uh, especially considering, you know, the two, these are two teams that, you know, it's the team that eliminated Alabama from the world series last year, two teams that are going to be in the top five. I, I would certainly assume at that point, unless things just go disastrously, disastrously uh, for one of us this weekend, it's going to be crazy. It's going to be another super regional type yep. atmosphere at the Rhodes house. Get your tickets. Yeah. Show up, be loud. We have a lot of Florida State friends that will be in the house. Mac Leonard and I have been talking. She's like, can't wait. It's going to be awesome. Always wanted to play at Rhodes. Devin Flaherty, like, cannot get off base. So it's going to be – it's just going to be a wild Wednesday. And that's on a Wednesday. Right. Yeah. And by the way, it's in between conference series for Alabama and for Florida State too. So credit to Florida State for finding a way to get to Tuscaloosa. I know they were – kind of in the mix to being at one of the tournaments earlier on in the, in the season, but it didn't work out because the ACC changed when their conference schedule was starting. So glad they were able to work it out for them to come here after we went down there in 2020 and looking for some revenge it's all the way around if you're Alabama. Yes. So lineup changes. Again, I shrug. I, I mean, yeah. If she's healthy, maybe getting Savannah Woodard in at some point. Um, I would assume she, she'll get some opportunities back out in right field but cat grill has been outstanding with her being out so i, I don't know i mean I, I was a little bit concerned with bailey dowling moving back up to the four hole uh but then she gets the game winning rbis and you're like all right Jeff, we're done. Okay. best day of the right. year yeah that day in the four spot absolutely so I, I i at this point if it ain't broke don't fix it but if murph has an, has an idea of moving things around they seem to work out i have had questions when we have gotten lineups so changes i thought hmm right okay i wouldn't have thought of that but they've all worked. Right, exactly. So, again, goes to show what I know. Right. That's why That's why he's the Hall of Famer, and we just talk about it. <laughs> We're sitting here in this little room. Right, yes. Yeah, I think right field is the only discussion left. I, I do wonder when Savannah Woodard is healthy, and I think it's sooner rather than later when that becomes the case for Alabama. How many chances does she get mm-hmm. with Cat Carell playing as well as she is? If Cat has an 0 for 3 day, do you see Sav start two more games, or does Cat – now have that cachet built in because of how she's performed the last couple weeks to where now Savannah has to go back and earn it and really fight for it. And she has to get hot to take over that right field spot. I don't know. I mean, there are a lot of ways to play it. I am comfortable with both players. And it's kind of one of those situations where I'm I'm just going to sit back and see how it goes. Right. Yeah. 
The other question would be when she's back healthy, able to pitch is uh, Lexi Kilfoyle available to hit. Is she still going to be able to do that? Again, I'm not 100% sure when the injury happened. We're still looking. The more yeah. I think about it, I believe in my heart of hearts, it had something to do with us playing on turf. Yes. That that was a factor in some way. Last time I checked, unless somebody has completely remodeled their fields, Alabama does not play on turf again this year. No. So I don't think shouldn't be an issue. the manner of the injury should be a factor in how that decision is right. made. She had the, you know, the, she reached on an error in the ball game. Then she went out as a, with the pinch runner coming in. That was the inning where Murph and Allie switched uh, coaching boxes. Right. And then the next inning, Kilfoyle came out and pitched the next inning and got a one, two, three inning. Six pitches. Yeah. It was the most efficient inning she's had. Uh, and then she was done. So I don't, again, it could have been at any point during the at-bat, running it out, could have been during the, that, that inning pitching-wise, but who knows. But that being said, I don't think you abandon Lex Kilfoyle hitting because of that, what I'm labeling pretty much a freak injury. Yeah. Uh, I, it'll be interesting to see when she, is come, when she is available to come back to pitch. Does that mean she can hit? And when she can hit, does she get to hit again? That being said, yeah, I don't, it's not like the offense is floundering without her. Right. So, yeah, I, you can be cautious, but I, I, I don't think Alabama should abandon Lexi hitting. I'm with you. Pitching. So, I'm, I am operating like Lexi Kilfoyle is back. Yeah. Montana, Lexi, Montana. Pr- pretty plain. If she's available, that is, that is what you do. And then I, I, think, I think you feel really good if you have to go to Jayla Torrance at some point in a relief spot yep. because I thought she's looked really, really good. The only negative maybe you could put out if for the Texas game was she had the five walks, including the RBI walk that she gave up. But at that point, if you're kind of nibbling a little bit and just trying not to give up the big hit, she's still left with, with the lead. So, you know, even at that point, if that wasn't a hundred percent her a game, I think she showed a lot this week and I'm, I'm very comfortable with her coming in in a conference series at some point if necessary. I am curious how the Tuesday-Wednesday split will go because, you know, Montana has this history with Florida State that now dates back a couple years yeah. where she has just struggled with them, and that and that's that's okay. If it was 100% up to me, I'd pitch Montana. Okay. Uh, because, let's say, get the monkey off the back. No better place to do it than at, at Rhodes. I think Leslie could, could obviously have success against Florida State as well. Uh, she pitched well enough to win that first game against Florida State in the, in the World Series. Right. People forget about that. Look, the TV entertainer in me mm-hmm. wants it to be Montana versus Cat sure. Sandercock for Florida oh State. I know yeah. that's what Megaronowitz wants. Like, hey, let's load up these ratings. You mean Catherine Sandercock, the pitcher that lost to Pittsburgh? Hey, she's still their ace. Just put it out there. <laughs> I don't see a scenario where I don't see a scenario where Montana Fouts loses to Pittsburgh. I'm that's sorry. fair. I just don't. I'm, I need to go back and watch that game. How did a yeah. drop ball pitcher what? give what? up so many home runs? <laughs> what happened? How did we get here? I don't understand. How is it that – sorry, this is a side tangent. Yeah. We looked at the last four undefeated teams and said, all right, the last ones that we think will still be undefeated. And the two that we mentioned were Oklahoma and Florida State, odds-wise. Because if you looked at Florida State's schedule, there was not There's a nobody. game against anyone that you thought could beat them. Right. And then Pitt just said, you know mm. what? 19-1. and one. <laughs> You know what? Chop that. The Vanderbilt football of the ACC <laughs> finds a way to win. I don't, it, it's very, very, uh, it, like when you put the over under 
on 1.5 losses for Alabama and Florida State when they played is because we were thought this possibly Alabama could lose twice before then. Right. It wasn't that Florida it was that Florida State is probably going to be undefeated. Amazing. We all took the under too. Right. Which, yeah, absolutely. Again, that's us operating with Lexi playing. If she's not, we'll talk about it in Baton Rouge. Right. We'll figure well, it out. I mean, if she's not, then Montana, Jayla Montana. But then you get into the conversation of where to salty pitch because probably Southern Miss, you would think. Yeah. To start there. I mean, depends on how much Jayla pitches against LSU. It could be a you know combo type game yeah. against Southern Miss. I, I don't think you'd see either Montana or Lexi against Southern Miss unless it's just unless a, it's one nothing in the seventh. Unless it's a dire situation. Yeah. All right. Let's go on to five big things. LSU sweeps Louisiana. All the cool kids are doing it. Mm. Sorry, that was mean. Ouch. But then they lost one to Troy, 5-4 in Leanna Johnson. So what do we make of that, Tom? They're still a team that can win any game that they play in, but they can almost lose almost any game they play in. So you're still a, there's a lack of consistency there. And a lot of it, I mean, the batting average isn't really good, but I think a lot of it is still in the pitching circle. Yeah, I, look, the team ERA is getting better, but I don't know. They just have these games where – they give up a lot of hits and then the defense makes mistakes and you right. know, they're eighth in fielding percentage. Shelby Sinceri is, gave up you know, two runs unearned over the weekend. Giving up hits and making defensive mistakes just fits right into Alabama's offense. Yes. So I, I would suggest if you're LSU, don't do that. <laughs> Shore Alabama. it up. Right. <laughs> if it's not raining, go practice <laughs> in defense. Yes. So Sierra Briggs and Danica Coffey last five games combined hitting 500, 15 of 30. It's pretty effective at the top of the order. Taylor Pleasant's getting better, mm-hmm. 231 average this year. Next up, Kentucky, three and one on the weekend. They split with Michigan. That actually, Michigan has some issues, not with Alex Taraco. You know, I love you, girl. Another no hitter this weekend against Drake. She shut down and shut out Kentucky. She's pitching amazing. Megan Bobian, her ERA is like a 3-4, 3-5 right now, which is pretty inexcusable for somebody who is widely considered like a top five, six pitcher nationally coming into the year. So she has figured that out. But in terms of the Wildcats, team batting average is third in the conference at 365. You still got the big three, Johnson, Kowalik, Koffel, all above 470. Goodness. And then, Tom, <laughs> we look at the team ERA. Mm. It's time to talk about who's pitching. Kentucky, who is pitching? Who is? I can't wait. I don't, I don't understand. The, I'm doing TV for the Kentucky series. My first question to Rachel Lawson. Who's pitching? <laughs> I'm going to get muted. You have to ask it that way. Like, I do. You're right. Full on. <laughs> hey, coach, who's pitching? <laughs> uh, well, this week, it was Miranda Stoddard. And in the win over Michigan, pretty good. Seven innings, nine hits, two runs, both are earned, two walks, and three strikeouts. Not stellar. It's a lot of hits given up. You know, she gave up a couple runs. The offense helped her out. But it is a game against a ranked team where you win and you don't allow six runs or more, which is the first time that has happened all year. Yeah, yeah. so I think Kentucky is somewhat in the same vein as LSU to where you're not 100% sure what you're going to get, but – you know they have. You know they have the talent with Kentucky. I know. I'm shocked. I'm stunned to be discussing about the enigma status of the Kentucky Wildcats, but they're they're still along that lines. But kind of like what I said at the beginning of the season, the upside is 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 pretty high. It's a it's a big ceiling. Yeah. It's a high ceiling. It's got one of those big ass fans up there. You know this is a big building right. that Kentucky is in. 
but the pitching floor to me still remains a concern. It is. It certainly is a concern. But you have your top three with the lowest batting average of 471. You know, you can afford to have a little bit of pitching issues because your yeah. offense is going to pick you up. Team fielding percentage, by the way, 952. That Ooh. is bad. Fix that. Yeah. Fix that. Okay. Where is Mackenzie Herzog? What has become of her? Where has the woman gone? Where is she? What has become of her? What has become of Somewhere Nathan Sheehan is laughing. <laughs> what has become <laughs> of Herzog? I don't know. Uh, did she not travel out to the she, All right, so she did. So let's talk about this. So Herzog pitched against Weber State, which they lost. It was right. in relief, but still. Mm-hmm. And then no other times this weekend. That was the first game of the Judy Garman for AM. She did bat a couple more times after that. She did bat against UCLA. She did not appear at the plate or in the circle in the final game against Arizona State. So normally I'm not one to like look at a weekend and say, hey, something something's wrong. But something is wrong here because it was genuinely surprising to see AM face UCLA and Arizona State in back-to-back days and not have their ace throwing in either of those. Right. Because this was a weekend where AM could have really built up a lot of credence with the college softball community saying, hey, we're actually a thing this year. And they missed that chance. And I've got to think Herzog missing is not because Joe Evans just decided to sit her. Yeah. Now, the fact that she didn't pitch both games is not concerning. But I would think, especially after you lose to UCLA, I would think you'd want her pitching for sure. Arizona State. But the fact she didn't hit again indicated that there's something else going on. Where is she? Where is she? What has become of Mackenzie Herzog? Mm. Get your magnifying glass, Tom. <laughs> because we know coaches are always so forthcoming with the injuries. And now let me also just say this. I'm not like putting this out there saying, hey, tell us where she is. Right. It's more of a without her, AM is not as good a team. Right. And conference play starts this weekend. Mm-hmm. So it's it's more of a broad where is Mackenzie Herzog, not, hey, tell me where she is or I'm going to. Yeah, you know, well, take you down. All right. I need to know because I'm about to make a pick. <laughs> we'll get there, partner. Yeah. Florida bounces back from a midweek loss. They did lose to Southern Miss. They did not throw Hightower or Lugo in that game. It's one way to look at it. Another way to look at it is they lost to Southern Miss at home. Right. Which, come on. Certainly should not do that. The batting order, they didn't sit Hannah Adams and Skylar Wallace and Kendra Falby. They all played. Right. So you shouldn't have lost. No. Should not lose to Southern Miss. Uh, although, you know, it's kind of one of those games – Maybe like the South Alabama game for Alabama last year where, okay, it's a bad day. Let's not give up the season because of it. But Alabama shouldn't have lost South Alabama no, either. Right. Yeah, yeah, so sure. I, I'm, I'm putting the same yeah. onus on Florida as I did the Crimson Tide last year. Mm-hmm. The good news is the offense is still going for the Gators. 372 team batting average. Kendra Falby just – do we go ahead and give her – SEC freshman of the year. It's like her and Goodnight are the top two options, you would think, at this point. Yeah, that, absolutely. So it's going to be – it may come down to how those two teams, how they play against each other. Oh, mm. that's coming up. Kendra Falby, 20 of 21 stolen bases, 15 RBI as a leadoff hitter. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. It's tough to do. Mm-hmm. Skylar Wallace, 20 of 20 stolen bases. She's hitting 482. She had like 90 RBI this weekend. Right. Just drove in all the runs. Putting it inside the Parker. Yeah. Just killing it right now. Mm. Hannah Adams is hitting 471. Charlotte Eccles, 28 RBI. 
That's right up there in the conference. Remember when she was bad the first week of the season? Oh, she's hitting like a very average for her 323 right, right yes. now. Just a very pedestrian mm-hmm. offensive year thus far for <laughs> Charlotte Eccles. Just 323, but 28 RBIs through four weeks is <laughs> They've ungodly. played like 21 games. I know. It's ridiculous. Team ERA of 145. Elizabeth Hightower came back, did okay. You know, I mean, her ERA is still really good. She didn't face anybody that would threaten her. So I feel like we haven't learned that much. Delbury, 48 innings pitch. That's one thing that really interests me, the freshman leading the team in innings. Mm-hmm. Also, Tom, one more note on the Gators. Shocker, good defense. Second in the conference and fielding percentage. Mississippi State, we touched on this in the space, just refusing to sweep a home tournament. Like it is in the contract that they have right. to lose at least one. <laughs> Furman said we're not coming to Sartville unless we win a game. And that's what happened. I, I don't I don't understand when you host tournaments without a marquee name, when you're literally just bringing in three teams that are mid-majors that should not be a threat to you. You gotta sweep those, especially yeah. if you're Mississippi State and you're trying to pile up the wins. I, it's inexcusable. Mia Davidson's having a good year. 10 home runs, 21 RBI. Like she's playing well. Mm. And the, you know what? The stats aren't that terrible. No. Team ERA is sixth in the league. Batting average is 10th, but it's over 300. There's no reason they should only score one run on a pitcher for Furman who like last week gave up six to St. Francis. Wow. A real thing. I looked yeah. it up today. I, <laughs> I just, I don't understand. It's kind of one of those things where you look at the numbers and they almost tell you that Mississippi state is better than what the results say. Yeah. And now I feel like we kind of have to just believe what we've been given by that team instead of trying to read too much into it. Yeah. I mean, there's at some point you just believe somebody when they tell you who they are and, but Mississippi state is, there's a lot of teams, including state in this league this year that are enigmas. They could win almost any game they play, but they could lose almost any game. Yeah. Uh, The, the ceiling though, for a team like Mississippi state is much lower uh, so they got to get these wins when they have the opportunity. It's almost to the point where Mississippi State, because of how bad, I mean, y'all, this non-conference schedule was bad. Like, yes, they had one day of Oklahoma and UCLA. Right. That doesn't mean you can't play anybody else no. the whole time. They played two other quote-unquote power five games the entire non-conference, mm. and there's none more scheduled. I think Mississippi State cannot afford to get swept in conference play. Maybe once yeah. to like a team that's so good that everyone can just say, ah, you know, it's Alabama. It's fine. Right. You're playing at Rhodes. Yeah. But they can't, I mean, they can't lose one of those marginal series to no. a team in the middle of the pack and, and lose all three of those games. Yeah. They're not guaranteed right now or a two or three seed in, in the tournament. No, uh, they're, know. they're absolutely 1000% as of today outside of the bracket. That's crazy. Why? Eh, mm. We can talk about that in a bit, Tom. Because oh, we've put it in play. Didn't even mean to do that. Well done. Thank you, Tom. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Quite the segue. Just look at that. Just tossing fatties <laughs> to each other down the middle and hammering it out of the park. <laughs> so we're a slapper. Right. We have slapped it into play. Who are we? Uh, well, after what she did this weekend, Cat Grill. Cat Grill. We are Cat Grill. Mm-hmm. Just slapping it. And now it's time to run. When we come back, the RPI, FGCL Player of the Week, big games, picks, off the wall. It's a doozy. We'll be running when we return here on the Out of the Box podcast. Hey, it's K. 
Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back to the Out of the Box Podcast. Gray Robertson, Tom Canterbury. We have already slapped, and now it's time to run. This is a rundown that I think Caleb Rowe and Tara Henry would really appreciate. Yes, absolutely. I don't know why we did not have either of them on this show that is like dedicated to their craft. <laughs> because the point of this one is to be a shorter podcast. That's true. And we're already failing. Right. Typically, in the final segment, we'd say, ah, let's go over what we've already done. But, you know, you yeah. just heard it. So right. we're just going to go ahead and run. The RPI is out. I'm not doing bracketology. I've got it in bold letters because I had to tell myself, Gray, stop trying to figure out the bracket now. No, we can't. But we haven't even played conference, any conference games yet. It is March. You're right. We cannot craft a bracket. So, sir, sir, basketball doesn't even have a bracket yet. <laughs> we cannot do a softball bracket. Bracketology will happen in April. One more month. Just sit on your hands, Gray. So, Alabama in the first RPI comes in at two. Which, you know, you'll take it. Yeah. So pretty much that means polls, rankings, everything. Bama, unanimous number two. Alabama is the second best team in the right. country right now, That's according to everyone. Everybody thinks it. Everybody's saying it. Also, what you love about it is barring disaster. When you're at number two in the initial rankings, it's real hard, especially in the SEC, to go down a lot unless you just lose out. Right. So you almost feel, knock on wood, like that initial spot locks in at, at worst a regional host i would think so yeah and, and i feel the same about the number one spot which is virginia tech Hokies, you've already got seven rpi top 25 wins you've got series still to go with duke and florida state you know there yes there are some potential pitfalls in the acc that don't exist in the sec they do have two losses to the number two team in the uh, rpi yeah they do so they here's do. my thought on that because <laughs> i know some alabama fans are going to say whoa hey, it's a blow Right. And head to head does have to matter. In this case, if the committee were seeding this bracket, I would be shocked if they put Virginia Tech above Alabama, because then that would just be ludicrous. And we would really have to burn it all down and try again. <laughs> Farcical would not be the only F word oh. that would be uttered. <laughs> well put. Yes. But at this point with the RPI, all that really matters to this metric is amount of games in each category. Virginia Tech has seven RPI top 25 wins. They played 10 of those games. Alabama's just played four. That's why Virginia Tech's ahead. And, that, and that'll change as Alabama plays in the SEC. Right. I mean, Alabama's about to pick up four of those games in the next right. week. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Alabama's number two. Oklahoma's number three. Interesting. Can't remember the last time they were that high to start. So good for yeah. the Sooners. UCLA at four. Oregon five. Oklahoma State at six. Duke at seven. Tom, Charlotte. At eight. As we all expected. The predicted. 49ers are really good this year. Right. And they have the win, a win over the number one RPI team, you know, the upset over Virginia Tech. And uh, it wasn't a, a game that Virginia Tech kind of pitched their number three or four. Uh, they beat Keely Richard. So good for them. It's tough to do. Yeah. You know, eight is going to be their, their ceiling because they're going to start playing league games and that's going to bring them down. Now, if they were able to go through their league and be undefeated, 
they could be hosting a regional. I could see it. All right, let's go through their schedule and see if there are any other chances to pick up good wins. Well, they have a midweek at Duke this Wednesday. Well, there you go. They got to win that one. If they win that one, it kind of keeps them up there. Western Kentucky, not not terrible. Western Kentucky is a top 40 RPI team right now. Right. South Carolina is meh. Yeah, right. You, know, you beat an SEC team. NC State is fine. Yeah. North Carolina, Georgia Tech, Georgia Tech double. So yeah, I mean they have some, they have some games. But like I said they are going to get pulled down some by some of the uh, lower teams in Conference USA. But they, they have they have given themselves a chance to host a regional by the start that they've had. Incredible. Florida number nine, Michigan number ten. Let's look at the official conference rankings according to the RPI. Number one, Tom, the SEC. I know you're shocked. I know. So we play good softball. Number two, the Pac-12. I agree with this. I think the bottom of the Pac-12 is much better than I've seen it in a long time. Yeah, I agree. I disagree with this part. Now, I know there, it's hard to disagree with math, but <laughs> I think it's pretty ludicrous to have the Big 12-3, ACC-4. If we're going by actual full-on conference rankings, to me, the ACC is far and away better yeah. than the Big 12. Like, yeah, Oklahoma's real good. Oklahoma State's pretty good. Texas is pretty good. I would take the ACC bottom half every day of the week over the big 12 bottom half 100 and then the big 10 is fifth which which there you go yeah any uh anybody in the sec rankings stick out to you tom alabama number two uh there's florida at the nine spot auburn at 12 anything else uh, yeah auburn being at number 12 is a little surprising because again like you know they played a lot better in Clearwater than we expected them to uh but you know they got run ruled by ucla the only ranked team they ended up playing uh, and then they have not played a tough schedule at all in the home tournaments they've been hosting since then, or before and after. Uh, those those were some some very low level uh, softball teams they were playing. So a little surprised that they that the formula worked out for them to be as high as twelve, even despite they having having the only one loss on the year. I agree. Uh, Ole Miss at twenty four. Yeah. I don't I don't really know why they're ahead of LSU. And then at the bottom, Mississippi State at eighty. 80 that's really low for an sec team that's really low like yeah. that's bad like that is if right now the committee were seeding this bracket mississippi state i don't even think would be one of the first four out no they're not even on the bubble right no now. yeah how did it happen so, how did we get here south carolina is in is in the tournament right now mississippi state is not based on the rankings ludicrous yeah okay alabama opponents anything stick out to you uh, well, I mentioned them on the on the space. I'm, I'm impressed with what Oregon State has done so far. Um, they they're up at number 23. Arizona at 18, and they may continue to fall. Yeah, it's kind of a kind of been a rough year so far for Caitlin Lowe in her in her inaugural season. The team ERA is over three. I was looking at it today, yeah. which is very odd. Yes, and we still don't know what's going on with Hannah Bowen. Yeah, she came back for like one inning of relief last week. That doesn't really say anything. Right, yeah. <laughs> Special shout out to New Mexico. We called this at the time. They are better than mm-hmm. people thought. 41 in the initial RPI. Yeah, they'll go down too. But if they can like win some solid Mountain West games against the Boise States and the Utah States of the world, then New Mexico could be the kind of club that not only contends for a conference championship, but could be one of those mid-majors that's on the bubble when yeah. we get to tournament time. I agree, yeah. We, we saw them, thought they were a – really kind of gritty scrappy type team and and i think they're showing that so far texas and louisiana being 30 and 32 a little disappointing when you're if you're scheduling texas and louisiana you're thinking you're getting better rpi than that i assume texas will go up louisiana i really don't know 
No, I don't know cause... how they can. I mean, they play Texas, and right. that's because and because the Sun Belt isn't as good as it was last year from top to bottom. Like last year, I thought the Sun Belt far and away was the best group of five, and might have been better than like the Big Ten as a, as a conference last year. This year, not going to be the case. No, so they're not going to get much of a, a bump when they start playing conference. We can have that discussion later on because I, I think that the pool has been opened a bit for some other mid-major conferences. Other teams of note in the RPI, I just put South Florida on there because I kind of hate it for Georgina Corrick, but also I hate it for whichever poor team hosts the regional that South Florida goes to because Georgina Corrick, the machine with a .08 ERA, is going to roll in and make you fight your daggum hardest just to win one nothing. Yeah, they come in at number 52 in the RPI, but the strength of schedule is 245. It's bad. So that'll that'll not help you. Yeah, it's not good. But I, they, they played a few teams in Clearwater, but apparently nobody else. <laughs> just just the children of the right. poor yes. since then. Clemson at 21, Florida State at 15, Northwestern at 11, Washington at 16. Most of the teams that we, we really are tracking are either in the SEC or already in the top 10. So not much of note. I do find USC Upstate interesting at 40. I think they are 18-1 and one right now, 19-1, and one, so – you know, it's a little inflated record, but 40 is not a terrible mid-major RPI to start. Yeah, it's a good, that's a good spot for them to be in. And they're a, uh, they've been a uh, repeat number two seed in the Tuscaloosa regional before. Ooh. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how, how that goes as we move forward. Big national games in week five. Tonight, as we record, Oklahoma and Minnesota played. Didn't go well for the Gophers. Nine to one Sooners. Mm. Let's see if Alo hit the home run. Nope. Did she get pitched to? Nope. They walked her three <laughs> times. Wow. She's definitely getting the Barry Bonds treatment now. I think that's it. Now, I, I think the next game is in Hawaii. So, yeah. Well, there you go. Surely she'll be able to hit it there. <laughs> I mean, I almost did. I feel like. <laughs> now, Minnesota has more happening on Wednesday. They already have a game scheduled at Oklahoma State. They will also be concluding a game from yesterday against the Cowgirls where they let it 2-1 in the fifth with the bases loaded. Oh, my gosh. Before yeah. the rain started to fall. Man, that's about the worst worst possible scenario there. <laughs> that poor girl who's batting. Uh, She's uh, going to be watching film all week on Kelly Maxwell. <laughs> thinking of that one at bat. Texas State at Texas A&M. Could be trappy. Mm-hmm. Thursday, Arkansas at Liberty. Liberty is playing better. So Arkansas, don't sleep on them. Right. The flames are are getting hot. Oh, I see what you did. I would hope so. Well done. It was very obvious it was, joke. It was, yes. Friday, Florida State at Georgia Tech. Again, you know, Georgia Tech didn't get a game off Duke, but Blake Nellman can beat anybody. And now that we saw Pitt beat FSU, right. Blake Nellman can do that. Absolutely. Minnesota is at Texas as their jaunt around the South trying to get out of the snow, continues. Mm-hmm. NC State at Duke. NC State, pretty okay. You know, I could see a world where they win. Saturday, Arkansas at JMU. Liberty at Clemson. So Clemson's got an interesting Saturday doubleheader. Liberty and Illinois. Two wins that if you get them won't necessarily help you down the road, but two games where you could certainly lose. Right, yeah. So that, that's why it's very important, especially coming off of them being swept by Virginia Tech this past weekend for them trying to get things turned back around so that's pretty much it saturday sunday you've got the conclusion of nc state duke and florida state georgia tech and you mentioned uh james madison it's not going well no 
the odyssey has come to an end in more ways than one tom everyone should have got out of dodge we've got a couple more things to get to tom it's time for fgcl player of the week all right as usual seven nominees i think my math has been wrong all day seven nominees you will pick two finalists and then i will pick a winner all right Our previous winners bailey richardson georgia state michaela edenfield florida state devin howard liberty that'll be the final time i reread the past winners just go back and listen to the episodes or look at the fgcl twitter our first nominee claire ginder texas state nine of 22 seven rbi two doubles a strikeout and three runs scored casey gogitz usc upstate 11 for 22, seven RBI, a home run, three doubles, a walk, a strikeout, and seven runs scored. Peyton Darnell, USC Upstate, seven of 16, 11 RBI, three homers, four walks, a strikeout, and three runs scored. Lauren Esman, Michigan, nine of 17, that's a 529 average, four ribbies, a homer, three doubles, four walks, five strikeouts, and six runs scored. So if you take out the strikeouts, on balls put in play, nine for 12. Pretty good on the weekend. Caitlin Tucker, Presbyterian, nine of 18, five RBI, a triple, a double, five walks, two strikeouts, seven runs scored. Jenna Green, another Presbyterian, another blue hose, 19 innings pitched, 12 hits, one run. It was earned, seven walks and 30 strikeouts, a 0.37 ERA on the weekend. Finally, Kate Houston, Appalachian State, 9 of 24, 8 RBI, 2 home runs, a double, a strikeout, and 6 runs scored. This one's a little tougher because no one had like just, I mean, these are all really great weekends, but no one had like a just, you know, 10 for 11 type, yeah. four home runs. And there were a lot of people on the nominees list who had the second bullet point, which is, did you do something in your game that was special? But pretty much all those players hit under 200 on the weekend, mm. so it was hard for me to find a reason to put them on this list with so many pretty solid statistical weekends for these seven players. Right. So I am going to go, uh, considering the opponent, I'm going to go with Laura Eastman from Michigan as one of the, uh, the finalists had a really good weekend. And then I am going to go, uh, I'm going to give the pitcher some love. I'll go with uh, Jenna green from Presbyterian as the other nominee. I need to look up and see who Presbyterian played. Hmm. You know you do this too much when the Presbyterian softball schedule comes up in bookmarks. When you type in P-R-E. We love you, Jenna Green. Hmm. Your FGCL Player of the Week. I'm going to give it to Lauren Essman. Uh, I'm going to give it to Lauren Essman from Michigan. 529 average. She had really struggled with the strikeouts and, like, only the strikeouts. Like, we were talking, like, one for 12 weekends with six strikeouts. Right. So, good to see her putting it in play, being consistent. Lauren Essman, our week four FGCL Player of the Week. All right. We got we have a good list already, our first four weeks, I think. Where in the world is Merrill? <laughs> Guys, Mac Leonard, Haley Lee, Glenn Close. Yes. A step in. By the way, I talked to Mac about the Iron Lady nickname. I think we might need to workshop some other <laughs> – Meryl Streep characters. Wow. Look, we, we'll think of something. Right. Mac, you have a week to let us know. We play you on the 16th. What is your favorite Meryl Streep movie? <laughs> now, Tom. Mm-hmm. Picks. Yes. Are you ready? Yes. To lose. Oh. Oh, oh gotcha. Wow. Oh. <laughs> Ouch. Uh, all right. You won the regular season last year, so you're going first. And okay. our first series is probably the easiest one. Mississippi State at Florida. Well, I'm just going to go ahead and put Florida down for a sweep. 
So last year, my philosophy was I'm going to copy whatever Tom did, does for Mississippi State because I'm not going to lose ground on a Mississippi State series. <laughs> Just refuse to yeah. lose ground to them. I'm doing the same thing here. Also, Mississippi State's not winning in Gainesville. No. no. They have four conference series this year on the road, and two of them are at Florida and at Alabama. Ouch. What demon crafted the schedule mm. for the Bulldogs? So sad. But again, that's why it was so important for them to win these mm-hmm. games. Beat Furman. Yep. Beat FU, and you can lose to UF, but mm. alas. Okay, so we both take sweeps. Tennessee at Missouri. I'll go first this time. Okay. Because it is the first week, so we'll alternate. I'm going to go with Missouri two out of three. So we didn't see Ashley Rogers this weekend, which I think was a smart decision by Tennessee. I, I say that. Every time I looked, I never saw her. She might have come in for an inning, and I just missed it. But she didn't get any big-time long performances this past weekend i think they're resting her for this series the question is will they be able to actually shut down the missouri offense which is playing a lot better i don't think they can do it twice i've got the tigers 2-1 okay i also am going to say missouri 2-1 got a lot of the same reasonings uh there if this was at tennessee i'd be more uh, i'd be more tempted to do a lady balls victory in the series but uh, i think missouri has I think they've righted whatever the ship was early on where they were struggling being up and down. They can be more consistent. Still not 100% sure. We saw them pitch well at times, but not 100% sure behind Ashley Rogers if Tennessee has that number two they can really rely on in conference play. Uh, so I'm going to I'm gonna say 2-1 Missouri as well. Yeah, I need to see Aaron Edmondson pitch against an SEC team to say, yep, there it is. The mm-hmm. Ashley Rogers problem is fixed. Like, you know, she's had good performances in the non-conference, but a team hadn't seen her twice. Right. Really, like yeah. a good team. So, you know, if that happens, how does she perform? We'll find out, maybe. <laughs> Georgia, South Carolina. You're up first, Tom. Wow, this is mm. – at South Carolina, Georgia still up and down somewhat. I think South Carolina finds a way to win one. I'm going to say Georgia wins it 2-1. Come on. You know you want to. I know. Because here's the thing. No, I'm I'm gonna I'm taking Georgia two one. Oh. I can't I can't pull the trigger because South Carolina is pitching a little bit better, just enough to where I'm not sure Georgia can just like straight up mash all weekend. And I I still don't know how I feel about the Georgia pitching. Everything in me says like looking at the numbers and the stats like Georgia should sweep, but we've seen Georgia lose games they shouldn't. Right. So I'm taking the dogs two one. Okay. Okay. Texas A&M at Auburn, the most volatile series of the weekend. What the hell? <laughs> right. I mean, it could be an A&M sweep if Herzog plays. It could be an Auburn sweep if she doesn't, or anything in between. Right. But it's on the planes. I'm going to assume that, you know, with Maddie Penta winning SEC Pitcher of the Week, we already know how good Shelby Lowe is, but Penta's got that extra bit of confidence. I'm going to take Auburn to win that series 2-1. I'm also operating as if Herzog isn't playing. Okay. So I'm, I'm taking the Tigers 2-1. I am going to operate as though Herzog is going to play, and I'm going to say A&M wins it 2-1. All right. I think we see the, the Tigers start to come back down to earth playing actual softball teams. It really does. <laughs> nice. It really <laughs> does completely hinge, in my opinion, on whether Herzog plays or not. Because yeah. the rest of the A&M pitchers, Auburn can, Auburn can hit off them. Herzog, can they hit off the, her consistently? Unclear. Alabama to LSU. <laughs> Are we still – operating as though if we pick Alabama to win, they're not going to and, and, and vice versa. Or, I think we kind of have to it. figure it out. Last year we were good. Yeah. I think we, I think we, we got, I think we kicked okay. the, the, the superstitions. I, I think, think now we, we just, we can really beliefs. say what we really think we're going to, going to happen. You're up. I'm up. Yeah. Alabama sweeps. 
Wow. Okay. Because again, even if say you don't get the best news for, for Kilfoyle, although Patrick Murphy said that he thinks she's going to be able to play. If Kilfoyle isn't able to play, I think in game number two, Jayla Torrance has pitched well enough that she can come in and give Alabama the opportunity to win the game in, in game number two. LSU has been so up and down. Alabama's going to be the best team they've played this season, uh, and they've lost to far inferior teams than Alabama. So uh, I, I feel good about it. I think Alabama's got whatever monkey there was off the back with what they went at the end of the year in 2019, got the sweep, and I think they're going to be able to do it again. I mean, I, I like the reasoning. It's also really hard to imagine – winning six straight games at Tiger Park. It's hard to go on the road and sweep anybody in the conference. Yeah. I, I 100% agree and understand. Ah, whatever. I'm going to I'm doing it. Bama 3-0. What? Oh, come on. Yeah. I haven't seen anything yet from LSU in terms of breaking down film that tells me that they can hit Montana. You know, they were able to hit Kendra Lamb, but a lot of the stuff that set up those hits were walks. Montana's not going to walk a lot of people. Right. I think Kilponen is your best bet to shut down the Alabama offense. But we've also seen Beth Tarina against the Crimson Tide not go with the best option. In 19, the best pitcher all weekend against the Tide was Shelby Wickersham. She never got a start. It was Shelby Sinceri and Mary Beth Gorsuch who started the entire weekend bafflingly. Hmm. I, I think that LSU is just going to make too many mistakes. Alabama knows what it's like to go in there. And when, and when you're two leaders of experience at like Montana Fouts and Kaylee Tao, I think that that feeling of confidence will progress down through the rest of the team. I think game one will be the toughest game. Okay. But after that, I think Alabama finds a way to sweep. Okay. Sounds good to me. So everything in week one is hinging on Texas A&M at Auburn. Only five series. So, right. you know, we're starting a little light. We will do our next picks during, I don't know, maybe a, new orleans twitter space from the swamp we'll see yeah if you want us to go live from a bar <laughs> one last thing tom as we continue to run here on the out of the box podcast episode 45 off the wall but alabama went four and oh sweeping a crimson classic how can there be an off the wall Greg? but tom they only hit like two home runs and that is unacceptable how dare the small ball be utilized tom <sighs> please go you mm. got it oh yeah First one was, uh, a, a, unfortunately, this is a frequent off-the-wall commenter complaining about Alabama using the small ball against Miami, Ohio on Sunday. You know, hitting, running, slapping and running, stealing bases, the quote-unquote unwritten rules that there are in baseball, for the most part, don't apply for softball. No. It is a, it is a shorter game. It's a game that can end early, so Alabama is trying to get to those eight runs, an eight-run lead. Alabama is going to have more success against Miami, Ohio, who has one of the worst fielding percentages in the nation. Uh, they're going to be more successful putting the ball in play and forcing the opponent to make defensive yes. plays. Hit it down. Yeah. Down so, through the infield, make them right. have to do something. Yeah. So to be upset about how Alabama scored the 10 runs in an eight run run rule is ridiculous. Uh, so I just like to, again, just point out, those unwritten rules that, that, that I think are stupid in baseball, but they pretty much don't apply in softball. I have a question for you, Tom. <laughs> yes. You mentioned Alabama went 4-0. They did. 
So I assume that means Alabama beat Texas on Saturday, right? They had to. Of course they did, yes. They did. They scored more runs than Texas. I was there, yes. Okay. Yeah. I was too, but sometimes, you know, hmm. sometimes the, the flu medication, <laughs> I lose it. Right. I Why? Why are people complaining about the lack of hits on Facebook and saying, I can't believe this offense did this. That's not going to get it done. It literally just did. It did get it done. That's literally right. just did. Yes. The game was done and Alabama had won. Rhyming is fun. <laughs> Look, last time I checked, these games are not determined by who has more hits. It's by who has more runs. You know who would really appreciate hits being what matters? Tennessee, hmm. because they outhit Oklahoma back at the Mary Nutter. But who won that game, Tom? Uh, Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Yes. There's a GoPro footage of us looking stunned, looking at the stat broadcast. Uh, I might have accidentally deleted it, but still. <laughs> the amount of hits don't matter. We say this every freaking year. It's the timeliness of those hits. The timely hit is way more important than the actual amount of hits that you have. It's fun to have a lot of hits because then we get to look at inflated batting averages. And I have a really great time plotting out last five game stats. But at the bottom, at the end of the day, that's not what wins you games. It's the timely hitting that hit where you might have two all day, but you have the RBI double with Dallas Goodnight at first that wins it two one. Yeah. That is what matters way more than the actual amount of hits. Because as we talked about earlier in the postseason, you're going to have a lot more of those three one games with you know five total hits than than the blowouts with with ten or twelve hits against elite pitching. So you have to be able to win any any type of way. I would like to just institute a social media policy of let's not complain about how, how games are won. If the game is won, be happy. It's won. Easy enough. That should just be, you know, a, a way in life. Let's not complain about winning. I mean, this is the first time this year we've had like an actual off the wall comment about a game. Everything else has pretty much been about streaming and right. behind the scenes stuff. Alabama's 20 and 0. There yeah. are two undefeated teams left in college softball. Right. The reigning national champions and the team you cheer for. Don't yes. be pissed off about how they get to that point. Yeah. It's just stupid. Or or the general lazy sports take of, well, if they play like this against X team, they're not going to win or that type of thing. First of all, you don't know that. And second of all, you know, that they weren't playing against X team. They were playing the game they were playing and they won. Ooh, also – Common opponents. Here's something we need to recognize about common opponents. It doesn't necessarily mean the same team. Alabama played Miami right after the Red Hawks played Texas and people were comparing those two results. That's not what you should look at. You should look at the pitchers who pitched in those two games. Miami threw out Pratt and Taylor Turner against Texas and lost 14-3. Now Pratt is better than that. I'm actually surprised she gave up as many runs as she did all weekend, but it's not fair to Miami in particular, but also to Alabama to compare the results of Alabama against Courtney Veerstra and Texas against Brianna Pratt. Exactly. They're different pitchers. Yeah. I mean, look, look at, if you're going to compare, look to the second game that Texas and Miami Ohio played, which Miami Ohio had two different leads and they could have won that game. And that was the game that Veerstra pitched for the Red Hawks. They're totally different teams. You know, a, a totally different team when their ace is pitching when she's not. Right. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, those those common opponents. So they only got four hits off of this. That's it's not. No, they got four hits off that pitcher. Right. Not that team. The, that pitcher. Look at the pitchers. Right. One hundred percent. My my other one is going to be uh, just if you have season tickets, and especially if your tickets are the ones that are usually 
shown on TV and you are not planning on coming to the softball games that are sold out, please get your tickets to somebody who will come. Mm. Uh, because it, I understand the argument and it is a fair argument that people are making. Why can I not get into these games when I turn it on TV and I see empty seats behind home plate? Uh, so, you know, if you have those tickets and you're not planning on using them, please get them because there are many people who will take them off your hands. Please get them to somewhere, somebody who will use them because it, it is not fair for fans to be out in the brickyard yep. or being literally turned away and not being able to come in when there are literally seats available because people are not using their tickets. Softball is not the only sport that has to deal with that. We deal with it in basketball. We deal with a lot of sports. But if you have high profile seats, please make sure someone is sitting in those seats. Right. Yeah. Also, a game can be sold out with without all the seats filled because of that. Yeah. So those tickets were purchased. It's just somebody out there decided not to utilize those seats, which is on them. It's not on the university yeah. or at least not on the softball ticket office because they sold those tickets. They did their job. Mm-hmm. So good job, Bev. They can't come to the person's house and force them to right. come to the game. I appreciate that they bought the tickets and, and they, they have contributed, uh, but please just make sure your tickets are being used. Also, if you see tickets not being used and you're sitting out in the brickyard, come on, come sit, <laughs> come, come sit. In. My rule of thumb for games, if I'm there and I see seats emptied, you know, at basketball, it's halftime. If they're not there by the start of the second half, if I have a friend who's a couple of rows back, I say, hey, come sit, you know, come yeah. sit next to me. Yeah. Football, same deal. Usually start in the second half, although it's a little different in the zone because people have so much time inside. I would say like the third or fourth inning in softball. If they're not there by then, especially if it's a big game, maybe earlier, then just come on and come yeah. on and sit. Yeah. And if there's an issue, then you can just move right back out. Somebody should be sitting in those seats is my is my what I'm saying. I agree. There you go. That's off the wall. That's off the wall. That was quite the show. Quite the slap and run. Quite the real abbreviated broadcast. I told you it would be half a show, which, you know, actually turned out to be about right. This week, we've got On the Road, On the Road at Uncle Earl's Bar in Baton Rouge. And then we've got Out of the Box Going Home after Alabama, Florida State on Wednesday. That game is at six. So stay tuned for that. We will let you know about time and date for Uncle Earl's if you want to come chill. Yeah, if you're hanging out in Baton Rouge. Yeah, if you're around the area, Hemp Hill's looking at you. <laughs> Tom, now, this weekend, we are back together in Baton Rouge. Mm. The game, yes, it is being streamed. I've already had people ask me. They're like, are the games being streamed? Yes, mm. yes, always yes. Yes. A thousand times yes. Gray, how can we not listen to you? <laughs> yes, they are, they are being streamed. But we recommend... <laughs> You can mute it and listen and... Yeah, uh, we love our TV friends. We do. Yes. But we also are trying to grow ourselves mm-hmm. as a broadcast duo continually throughout the season. So we hope that you tune into us. And Tom, where can the people do that? They can do that in Tuscaloosa on 97.5 FM. Uh, we're always on the air 10 minutes before first pitch. If you're not in Tuscaloosa or, or listening to it on, uh, on streaming or computer, you can go to nick975.com or download the MeTV975 app and you'll get all the all the uh, action for all, all season long. Every game. Every there. game. All the time. Always there. All of them. Yeah. Now, I will say, all of them except for the ones canceled. I did right. see somebody today ask, why is the game not on radio today? And I thought, oh, sir. I appreciate that he knows that it should be on radio. I Yes. But, but we, we need to canceled. We need to widen the awareness just a little bit. Because... It wasn't just canceled today. It was announced it was canceled 
like Saturday. Yeah. There has been a lot of talk about right. it. I talked about it on TV. I know you did on radio. Yes. I've tweeted about it. It's been on Facebook as well for two days. All right. But hey, thanks for listening. But thank you very much. Maybe yeah. that'll go into our next paycheck. <laughs> also, we will tweet out all these links at Gray, G-R-A-Y underscore Robertson. Tom? Uh, T Canterbury RTR on the Twitter. And at Out of the Box underscore Pod. Also, follow us on the Insta, Out of the Box underscore Pod 2. Who the heck took one? <laughs> Show yourself. <laughs> what has become of you? That's the question. <laughs> it's the Mackenzie Herzog of Instagram accounts. <laughs> Have you seen me? All right. Okay, so follow us on the gram. Tom, conference play. What the heck? Oh, we're here. Let's go. Oh, goodness. And, you know, we saw in the ACC, like, a lot of the final standings might have been decided last weekend. It's so, true. Like, the first week can be very big. Every weekend matters. Yep. It all counts. Mm-hmm. And so you have to take advantage of your chances. That's, that's what last year, after three weeks, you're like, when's Arkansas going to lose? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what is happening? I mean, who will be that team this year? We might look mm. ahead and say, well, whoa, Georgia? What? Yeah. They, you know, you never know. No. Weird things happen, but you got to pay attention. Every game counts. Every game matters. And now we're in the fun part. I mean, we get to track the numbers, the bracketology. We get to start thinking ahead, Tom, about what could happen in May in OKC. No. But no bracketology till April. <sighs> okay, sorry. Whew, I got antsy. Join us this weekend if you can, if you're in Baton Rouge at Uncle Earl's Bar. Stay tuned to Twitter for when and where. If you're coming to coming to the games this weekend, be loud because there won't be many of us there. And if you're coming to Hattiesburg, God bless you. And if you're coming on Wednesday for Alabama, Florida State next week, fired up. It's the biggest game in a long time at Rhodes. This team deserves it. They deserve an unreal atmosphere that night for what should be a top five matchup. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Come on and be loud, fill those seats up. Thank you for tuning into this interesting, shorter, quote unquote, episode of the Out of the Box podcast, the slap and run. We're grateful for all of you. We're so thankful that we have this job and get to talk about this sport. For my partner, Tom Canterbury, I'm Gray Robertson. We'll see you in conference play and next time on the Out of the Box podcast.